So it's a note for our listeners before this episode. So Courtney and I recorded this show after the Buffalo shootings. And since then, our nation has experienced the tragic events in Uvalde, Texas, as well as mass shootings in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and in Pennsylvania. We don't even know what will happen before this episode goes out. These are just adding to the list of mass shootings our country has experienced. There was a moment that Courtney and I thought, you know, maybe we shouldn't release this episode because it's a little tone deaf. But we decided to go ahead and release it as what we say in this episode is just as relevant then as it is today as this list expands. So our hearts go out to anyone involved in any of these tragedies as we do our work to make change. Welcome, fam. This is Courtney Russell Jr., and I'm here with my co-host, Emily Brocker. Welcome to Humanize. We are two Americans with totally different backgrounds and life experiences. We're coming together on this podcast to dive right at the heart of the three things that shut down tough conversations about race, culture, power, and ego. The stories you are about to hear are meant to humanize those deeply involved in social justice. Welcome to the work, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome to another episode of Humanize. We are actually recording on May 16th, 2022. Though this episode won't be released for a bit, we feel like it's really important to talk to each other right now about what happened in Buffalo, New York over this weekend when a 18-year-old man wrote a white supremacist manifesto and went into a grocery store and killed, you know, assassinated 10 people, principally Black people. The police were saying almost immediately it's racially motivated, which is quite unusual. It's so clear (laughs) what is happening that they say it so quickly. And yeah, there's there's just a lot to say about that. And Courtney and I haven't had a chance to kind of catch up about it. So right before we started recording, I said, you know, Courtney, are you even in, you know, is this okay? Can we, you know, how are you doing? And yeah. He told me, tell me in a second. So, yeah, just want to check in with there's, you. There's a lot. You know, it's not surprising. It's terrifying. It's unfortunately becoming our, this country's norm. And in my mind, it's a result of the sweeping under the rug. Mm. Say more you about know, that. Whenever you have a situation like a house that needs to be rebuilt or a car that check engine lights on and there's something wrong and you just keep ignoring it and riding on or you have a donut on your car when you when you had a flat tire but you're not really fixing the issues mm-hmm. sooner or later it's either going to affect you like horribly where your family's affected life is being affected or like you're going to have to spend astronomic amounts of money when you didn't have to all you had to do is address the issue and you would be so closer to amending the problem. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I think the longer and the continuation of ignoring the issue of white supremacy and inequities and, and poverty and, and we continue to have these arguments about replacement theory and the arguments that why should we continue to talk about how slavery underpinned every system in our country when we continue to have like debates on culture and race as if it's not something that 
this country was founded upon. Mm -hmm. And we make it seem as though we just live in a place where everybody loves everyone and race doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I don't see race. I don't see skin color. Mm -hmm. And until we start to see people and appreciate the differences that we all have, this is going to continue to happen. Right. And I hate to be that blunt. Normally, you know, me, I'm on here laughing and trying to be hopeful. And I'm still hopeful about a future. And I'm still very blessed for this platform to speak. But it's getting to the point where, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. Like, what has to happen for our eyes to be open? Right. You know, yeah. Right. And that's just a long answer to your question. I'm, 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 I'm hurt. I'm hurt that it's normal. In short, mm-hmm. you know, every community, whether it's in Boulder, mm-hmm. Colorado, the safest place in the world yeah, or, or in our country, you know, mm-hmm. it's marketed as, you know, or it's in New York or it's in Atlanta or it's in Texas, Vegas, wherever we, we think now, you can't say that's, oh, wow, I'm surprised it happens here because right. it, 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 can, it can happen, you know, so it's just horrible. It's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, the, I think that the piece around it, like when you center, like I'm thinking of Tucker Carlson on on yeah. Fox and and Trump, when you center a super marginal hate perspective and yeah. you focus on that and you amplify it, given the history of this country and the current like mental like everyone is stressed out like it, people yeah. are going to think that it's somehow this is what you do like when you center hate this is what happens and it's deeply disturbing to feel i mean i guess i want to acknowledge too like yeah i just you know want to acknowledge the families of the victims and what they're going through right now and just can't imagine how unimaginable you know it feels right now and yeah, it's complex to be not surprised by this progression and this idea of replacement theory. Like, this was a super fringe idea. So, what help me sum up replacement theory? So, it's basically the idea that white people are are being replaced by by people of color by people of color, which is R- ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I I would. <laughs> I usually have a lot to say about things. I think I'm just kind of like stumbling over, like not really wanting to like let myself emotionally go there to think about, you know, what happened in New York. I don't know. I'm a little at a loss for words, Courtney. This didn't happen very much. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I I feel as though it, it's it's normal to be lost for words because this is a moment that should be a rarity. That should be a French person who does not appreciate life. Instead, it's normal to hear, oh, we have another mass shooting in our country. Mm-hmm. So it, it is it is appalling. Mm-hmm. It is something to reflect upon. You know, family members now woke up two days ago laughing and joking in Buffalo with their kids and their, their uncles and their, and their mothers and their grandfathers and their family members. And now on Monday, they are no longer here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a bad dream. You know what I mean? Like, where the fuck do we live? Right. You see, the, the, the thing about poverty, we, we normalize, poverty normalizes ignorance. It normalizes hate. It normalizes survival and an existence that shouldn't be normalized. Mm. And see, this is why I always say poverty doesn't have a skin color. 
or a, 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 a tone. Poverty is something, is a mindset. It's like that 18-year-old kid drove up to kill people. That's a poverty mindset. Tell me more about that. What do you- he he left he he left his community mm-hmm. and drove up and assassinated individuals at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like we spend a lot of time thinking about the act instead of an individual, mm-hmm. you know. And even like it's really unfortunate, you know what I mean. So when you're thinking about poverty and the mindset that was created by individuals to remain in power, it's not surprising because poverty says this is how you live. You should hate everyone. No one really cares about you. You are in so much pain that you have to exhibit pain. That's normal. But when you start to really be creative and see life existing outside of your present day situation, you start to imagine an existence and love instead of hate. Like poverty can't exist. Love and hate can't coexist. Mm. So are you are you saying that like the mentality that is created like what i'm hearing you say is kind of describing one aspect of white supremacy culture and yes, and yes. capitalism which is like keep most of the people really fearful and really reactive 100%. because when you're in 100%. that fearful reactive place it's so disruptive that people will do things like this and that it yeah. will create more fear 100%. and you can control people in fear masterful uh-huh. thank you yes it's a masterful system that keeps Groups of people controlled via fear. Mm-hmm. Great definition. Mm-hmm. Yes. Poverty does that. Okay. So again, it has nothing to do with, oh, black people live in poverty. White people don't. No, that's not it. White people live in poverty too. But even, you know? are you saying even with like- White supremacy. Even if they have money, they are living 100%. in poverty because they're living 100%. in this kind of desperate mindset. Okay. Yes. Desperate is fear. Okay. They can't do this to me. They can't. I don't want them to. You know? And mm-hmm. so- if we're not willing to have these conversations and unpack what has happened, we're going to continue to have mornings and days and weekends when we wake up and there's another mass shooting. I mean, how there's many another... how many times have we talked about mass shooting on this show? It's getting. It's uh, we've getting only been doing a year and a half of yeah. producing episodes, but we've had so many yep. in both of our hometowns yep. and in you know so many different ideological whatevers and. It reminds me, so you, when you and I started first talking about creating a podcast, we kind of threw out the uncomfortable versus unsafe. Yeah. And this is really feeling resonant today as I, you know, I work with a lot of white people who are uncomfortable huh. when it comes to having conversations that could possibly, Ooh. you know, disrupt their ego, disrupt the power yeah. system. And there is yeah. this like internal like, how do I get out of it? And I understand that because I feel it too. It is really uncomfortable. And the body's responses are like, let me back away, let me back away. And in the face of being targeted and gunned down at a grocery store, I, I just come up against this, like, how do we how do we help people see the decision that they're making by not turning and facing and just exploring white supremacy conditioning and how it may be manifesting in the systems that they're benefiting from, wow. that we're benefiting from. I don't want to say they. I mean, it's definitely me as well. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm benefiting from it, too, yeah. as a black man. Yeah. You know, you said something brilliantly just now, like comfortable versus unsafe. Mm-hmm. Do you see how when you don't address something that is uncomfortable, 
it deepens and it and it grows becomes to unsafe. a state of, it is it grows to an unsafe state. Uh. This is a perfect manifestation of that. Like mm-hmm. there's no there's no better way to say it. If you keep saying I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. Eventually, it it will be an unsafe situation. It reminds me of like when my kids fall down and get scraped and they really don't want to wash it out. You know, they're like, no, 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 don't wash it out. And it's like this little bit of pain is much more worth it than letting it become a deep infection. And then you have to cut off your arm. You know, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for for bringing us for grounding us back in the. The the thought of I don't want to be unsafe. I need a safe space to talk about. We don't need a safe space. We actually need an uncomfortable space to talk about these issues so that we can be huh, safe. Mm-hmm. We need to create safety by being unsafe. Right. This is the work that what we're doing while speaking about these issues is doing is creating safety by sitting in the shit. Yeah. It's a very ironic. It's an ironic thing to say, you know what? I want to sweat a little bit. I want to rock back and forth in my seat. I want to talk about how there was a past when people that looked like me were were dehumanizing other people. Like that should be a, a, a very uncomfortable situation so that we can grow to a place where, yes, you don't look like me, mm-hmm. but we have a shared understanding now so that now I can be an accomplice and the dismantling of a system that actually caused so much harm. Right. You know, that's that's amazing. That's that's so great, man. I really appreciate you bringing that that up because mm-hmm. it hurts to think that we're going to continue to have a world where instead of addressing the elephant in the room, we're putting band-aids on situations. Mm-hmm. I literally heard a man say with Roe versus Wade, it is not right to kill an ab- or abort a child, no matter if the woman was raped, incest was involved, or taken advantage of, because we should not be killing the child. Even if the child's gonna be born with unimaginable medical issues, though it's not the woman's right to take that life. Mm-hmm. And so, again, when, when you feel as though you're standing on ideology, and you're again, you're also dehumanizing the person that's being affected because you're not being affected if a person has a child. Mm-hmm. The lawmaker is not being affected by an abortion of an at-risk youth in the inner city of Chicago. Right. They're going home to their, their their nice building, and that poor that poor child is now giving birth to a child who's going to be in the system who's going to be a minister society, possibly, who's not going to be able to... Like, it's so... And I, again, I don't care about your views. I think that you should allow a person to make a choice. You see, again, we're trying to not have an uncomfortable conversation by making it more uncomfortable in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just because individuals who have access to, to services don't have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If my child has this, we'll just take care of her. She'll go, she'll fly somewhere where she can have a safe abortion and we never have to talk about it again. Mm -hmm. It's just, I know it's two different issues, but to me, they're just both endemic of people not addressing the elephant in the room. Because slavery was a situation where God, it was God's choice and God was the reason why there should be slaves. <laughs> Look at them. They, they they can take pain. We're giving them structure. 
the women are sexual beasts so we can rape them and have children and continue to make like mm. it's their job to create a new world for us right so it's like everything always tries to go back to that and even in the mass shooting right there's always a situation where i promise you and i'm, I'm waiting to hear what was the mental state of the shooter right right i'm waiting to hear that i'm waiting to hear that right because it was an 18-year-old white guy. Mm -hmm. 100% they're saying it's, it's racially motivated. Cool. So was Dylan Roof, mm -hmm. right? But they're not viewed as beasts, right? They're not viewed as people. They're just viewed as people that, that had mental health issues. Yeah. I'm also curious about the narrative because that usually is the, yeah. you know, it would be very important for the narrative to talk about him being a terrorist, a domestic terrorist. Yes. I mean, he... It, he wrote something about it. He live streamed it. Like this yeah. is a very premeditated yes. situation that was reinforced by the media that he was surrounded by. This there is accountability that goes to Robert Murdoch and all you know all these people that are are publishing hate and centering hate. And this person yeah. should be, you know. See, I have a problem with all of media. When it's like, oh, the right does this. Oh, the left does this. Why are they doing? It's like, guys, why are we fomenting so much hate? It's not a right-left issue when people storm the Capitol. It's just individuals that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I in no way am thinking this is like a representative of Republicans. You know, like this is <laughs> absolutely not. There are wonderful there Republicans out there who I am sure. 100% are absolutely appalled and disgusted by 100%. this. 100%. So this is like... 100%. It's fringe. It's like centering the, the yes. crazy fringe. And exactly. it's creating more fear for everyone. And that is making this more easily to be controlled and... Yes. It's people that are afraid to lose power. Mm -hmm. And those are the individuals that are the most terrifying. Right. Right, left, center, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And so like, I like to say that very often because I don't want the narrative to be that we're on here talking about, hey, Republicans are the devil and Democrats are great people. We should be voting Democrat. We should be voting. I'm not talking about none of that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about love versus hate, light versus dark, mm -hmm. hope versus despair, poverty versus access to, you know, that's, that's what I live for. Everything else is just noise to me, distractions. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate what you've brought in today in terms of talking about like the poverty mindset and how that's not necessarily connected to actual, you know, dollars. It's it's more no. of a control piece yes. that, that's giving me something to mull over going ahead. And I think that just we all need to be talking about white supremacy culture yeah. more routinely. I see it happening more, but maybe that's in the spaces that I'm in. Yeah. And as we as we wrap up this kind of shorter episode today, I mean, I guess I just want to like send love to all of the Black listeners yeah. right now and you too. And I hope that people can find space to take care of their nervous systems and hope yeah. that businesses can create space for the emotions that their employees may be experiencing due to this yeah. and just allows for support and allow for solidarity. And to the white listeners, you know, we talked about being in, in deeply uncomfortable spaces. I just want to acknowledge that that happens in community. 
that is not yeah. personal work that you can likely do on your own. Yeah. So the invitation is to find a space where you can explore that in community because when we have these experiences and we start looking at, you know, like, okay, I am a white woman, that is is not independent from the way in which white women like felt empowered by having slaves, what they did to slaves, how that was their sole property for so many hundreds of years. And we're not yep. independent from that legacy. I mean, yeah, like just if you're sitting at home, this this podcast this is the first step, right? We want to immerse you in in listening, but like find find spaces, start to come together in yeah. coffee shops, you know, in here in Colorado. Uh, there are lots of discussions around the film. This is not who we are. There's lots of yeah. showings. There's ways to to explore this in community because that's where the healing is going to happen. It, and so, yes, I, I want to extend just an invitation to white people. Mm -hmm. You you brought up black people, Emily. I appreciate that. But I also want to extend an invitation to white folks to not allow the fear of being called a racist to create a racist environment. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like, because you aren't, and I say this in love, you aren't as powerful white people to have created a whole system of racism. So this is not something that is you. I'm not going to lay this at your feet. Mm. You didn't, you, you didn't create this, this, what you, but however, let's be in a place, like Emily said, to have these conversations. So I guess my call to action is creating and acknowledging what exists today so that we can be creative and next steps towards liberation and freedom for everyone, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, that, 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 that's a call to action after, again, another horrific shooting in Buffalo. Yeah. And my prayers again go out to the families mm -hmm. that have lost loved ones and friends and neighbors and, and individuals in the Buffalo community. Mm -hmm. We love you here, Humanize. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Peace. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Humanize. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us on Instagram or Facebook to continue this conversation at The Humanize Podcast. Let us know if you want to learn more about the professional trainings we offer. And of course, tune in next time as we continue the work. Thank you and much love.